How are you today? Welcome to the world of Mac and Mercy. Rebecca Wilcox here to inspire you in your journey with your dogs. I'm not a dog trainer, a veterinarian, or a scholared person in the field of dogs. What I am is a woman with 54 years of pet ownership with 24 pets. Two of my favorite pets were a lab named Chase and a Shih Tzu named Isabel, and they loved each other so much they were inseparable. They have both gone on to the Rainbow Bridge several years ago, and I created my Mac and Mercy brand honoring their relationship to be able to share tips, fun facts, and important information for dog owners out there. Creating awareness on current topics and blending in those ever so helpful tips from friends and family members is why I'm starting this platform with you. Today in particular, I want to talk about emergency plans in place for your animals in case you have terrible tornadoes like the ones that hit Alabama this past week or the fires in California last year. And what about the flooding from hurricanes in Texas and Florida in previous years? Businesses have emergency plans in place. If they have like a major uh, power outage, like this actually happened to my sister in Houston at her company, but they, they were prepared. They had all of their documents that were online stored off property in another area so that no matter where they needed to go, they could access all this information. Well, I started thinking about that with our dogs and what do we need to have, uh, you know, at, on hand so that we're not caught in a situation where a terrible event happens and you're separated from your dog and you have no idea, you know, what, what the first thing to do um, to, to find them. This being March and also such unpleasant weather, especially in Arkansas because of it being cold and then uh, getting uh, hot and then another cold front coming and the storms and the tornadoes. In March, well, actually March 1st, 1997, the, our little town of Arkadelphia, Arkansas was hit with by an F4 tornado that demolished uh, most of the downtown. Five people in, in the actual city of Arkadelphia were killed and um, another person out on the interstate died actually driving into the tornado not realizing that's what it was. There was a, um, um, there were a total of um, 250 houses 90 mobile homes, 45 businesses, and one was our um, our business. It was the uh, the funeral home. It got hit. There is nothing as traumatic as going through a tornado that demolishes homes and businesses, property, people, and then there's the animals that somehow they're not killed, but they've gotten separated from their owners. And I wanted to talk about some of the things that you can do to be prepared. I actually, I had two of my three children home that day and we got downstairs in the basement in an interior room and I had our two dogs 
um, uh, well, actually, our three dogs. We had Chase, which was a lab retriever, and then the two Shih Tzu brothers, um, and that was, <laughs> and that was uh, Clove and uh, Trey, and I got all the stuff together because I always would grab my purse and my laptop and the got the kids information and then the information on our dogs and when I say that I'm I'm saying that I kept a little uh, packet uh, in a in a actually it was just a Ziploc bag but I had their shot records in there I had a current picture of them in it um, I had any medicines and then I also just quickly will grab uh, some of their dog food and make sure there's a water bowl uh, available because for us it it you know we can we'll find something to eat somehow and but for our dogs I just uh, wanted to make sure that they had their own food with them but I was looking and I never did this but I was looking online and I realized that microchipping is becoming much more popular it is not where you can track where your dog is. It is simply that if your dog is taken to a shelter, they can scan the dog. There are these scanners that they can scan the dog and detect if there is a microchip there and it would read out the information that they put on the microchips. Um, the name of the owner and um, the uh, phone number. And that way, you know that if your pet is, if your dog is found, that they can find you as well. It's just such a scary time when, when terrible disasters hit. And it's hard to think clearly before that happens on what you need to do. And that's why I encourage, especially during this time of year, everyone to, to gather this type of information where you have it handy and with you in case of an emergency or a situation where you need to find it. Another way I was going to mention uh, that I do with my information for my dogs is I have Dropbox and OneDrive. OneDrive is associated with Microsoft 365, which are the Word, you know, the Word document, Excel, uh, PowerPoint, and those are the cloud apps where any information that I enter into a folder there. It is stored where I can access it from any computer, not just my home computer. And so I keep a lot of that information uh, on that just so that I know what, what if something happened and I lost that, <laughs> that my Ziploc baggie with my information on my dogs right there, I know I can still access it online. Well, I just wanted to begin this journey with you and your pets, and I'm going to come on on Tuesdays and Thursdays and just bring you either the news of the day, some helpful tips, things I've seen that people are struggling with and, and others have, have chimed in with uh, the different methods that they've had to, to help with that problem. But I thank you for listening. 
thank you for loving dogs enough to give them a home. And if you have a favorite charity for animals, remember they can always use donations. If nobody else tells you today, I care about you and you are important in your world. Take care. Capturing your dog in photos will give you a lifetime of memories. I have two tips that you're going to find beneficial in doing this, and they are patience and spontaneity with your dog's personality and mind. I had a pet collage made of my little Misha, our 13 and a half year old 10 pound Shih Tzu, who we had to put to sleep last July of 2018. She was the last of 24 pets. We just aren't ready for another dog or cat in our lives, but we'll know it when the time is right. This got me to thinking about you. Do you document the different stages of your dog's life? You know, that funny puppy stage where they're usually doing hilarious things, and that stage changes so quickly. Or when they get a couple years older and you take them on trips or outings, either with yourself or your family. I wanted to share with you these tips that will help you in photographing your dog to capture those memories that you think you'll remember, but trust me, you won't. I pulled out my photo album the other day, and when I saw certain moments with my pets that I'd forgotten about, that memory came flooding back in, and I am so grateful for those pictures. Okay, one, patience. <laughs> the line between fun and frustration is razor thin when you're trying to get the perfect photo of your dog. Your pup may be having an off day. People may be blocking your shot. Your camera settings may be all wrong. There are so many things that can go wrong. My best advice when you feel the frustration building is to take a deep breath and remember that this is supposed to be fun. Your dog is going to sense any irritation you're feeling and become more anxious, likely ruining the chance for getting any pictures at all. Besides, just looking at that fur baby sitting there doing his best to go along with your nutty plan should be enough to melt your heart. The second tip is to always keep your pet's personality in mind. You know, out of 24 pets, trust me, every one of them had different personalities. Brilliant dog photography can effectively portray a dog's personality in the photograph. So you can start by capturing your puppy's natural pose or its own version of a smile. Always think about what type of personality your dog has and try to capture that in your shots. You should learn to embrace the imperfection though. Sometimes the best shots on my camera are the ones I least expected to turn out. Even after all these years, my dogs didn't cooperate 100% every time, and that's okay. When you're out there having fun and enjoying the company of your best fur friend, those feelings get captured by the camera in a way I can't explain. So embrace the imperfection. Be grateful for the fact that you're out doing this together because no matter how the photos turn out, you'll always have those memories. Thank you for listening. Thank you for loving dogs enough to give them a home. And if you have a favorite charity for animals, remember they can always use donations. If nobody else tells you today, 
I care about you and you are important in your world. Take care. How are you today? Welcome to the world of Mac and Mercy. There are groups in our world who are going over and above to make a difference. Canines for Warriors is a group I want to share with you today. This is a nonprofit organization that has two main go goals. Rescue dogs from shelters and train them to become service dogs. Rescue veterans who are suffering daily from some type of PTSD and pair them with a service dog. There are estimated 20 veterans who served post 9-11 that died daily by suicide. Their verbal therapy and medications they are taking are insufficient to help them maneuver their daily lives. There are roughly 20% of post 9-11 veterans suffering from PTSD, and that is over 700,000 veterans. PTSD symptoms can include debilitating anxiety, night terrors, uncontrollable anger, fear of public places, drug abuse, and the even more tragically, suicide. Now, there are around 700,000 dogs euthanized in shelters every year, and many of these are wonderful dogs who can be trained as service dogs for veterans in need. Since 2018, there is now scientific data proving that Canine for Warriors service dogs do work. They partnered with Purdue University, and I've included a link to that blog post. This is a win-win situation for me. My passion is for dogs and the endless possibilities they provide people in all aspects of life. Plus, I have a son-in-law who was a Marine hurt by an IED in Afghanistan and suffers from PTSD. You can say, I have a dog in this fight. No pun intended. The cost to train and place a service dog is around $27,000. However, there is no cost to veterans to attend training and receive a service dog other than their travel to and from their home to Canines for Warriors campuses. And Canines does have a list of organizations that may be able to help with the travel. Each month, several veterans arrive at one of their campuses in Florida for a three-week in-house training program. They are provided a trained service canine, housing, all meals, equipment, veterinary care, and 120 hours of training in a family-type atmosphere that provides essential peer-to-peer -peer support. The three weeks is to teach the veteran how to use his or her new service dog and to facilitate that bonding that is so important for them to be a successful team. The types of dogs are primarily obtained from shelters, rescue organizations, and private donors. They do not choose by breed, but there are a few breed restrictions based on service work capability. They need to be at least 50 pounds and 24 inches tall at the, sh at the shoulders. Here are some ways the service dog helps the vet. They stand. The dog places itself between the warrior and someone approaching. They look. The dog stands and faces backwards and alerts by a tail wag or ear perk if someone is approaching. Additional tasks trained per warrior's unique needs, like if they need them to retrieve items, assist with mobility, brace to help a physically disabled warrior stand, they help them wake up from nightmares. They give unconditional love and support and loyalty and constant companionship.
And here's an interesting fact is a canine for warriors actually has a puppy program where puppies at least eight weeks old but under 10 months are placed with volunteer puppy raisers. And they have an application process to be able to enter that program if you're interested. At the end of the three week period, there's a graduation for the veteran and their dog before they head back to their own homes and their new life with renewed hope. Here are two testimonials to show why saving shelter dogs will in turn save our struggling vets. This is from Christian and the dog Faith. The love and acceptance you get once you walk through the doors from the organization is reason alone to come to Canines for Warriors. When you get your dog, the bonding process begins immediately, and that's when the magic happens. Faith, a word that lost its meaning to me long ago, now walks by my side everywhere I go. My tomorrows don't look so dark anymore, and thinking about my future doesn't turn my stomach into knots. Thanks to this amazing program, I can begin to give back to my community and lead from the front as I was taught in my many years of military service. And then William and Andy. The program gave me great tools to use in battling my PTSD in the form of Andy, my awesome new furry buddy. I also gained a new group of brothers that I went through the training with and we support each other. I plan on continuing to push myself with the help of Andy to go out into public and spread the word about canines for warriors. I really feel like helping other veterans find peace will help me find peace. I didn't leave anyone on the battlefield in Iraq and I will not leave anyone behind now that I'm back home. Thank you for listening. Thank you for loving dogs enough to give them a home. And if you have a favorite charity, for animals, perhaps like canines for warriors, remember they can always use donations. If nobody else tells you today, I care about you and you are important in your world. Take care. Hello, how are you today? And welcome to the world of Mac and Mercy. If you were thinking about being a dog owner or getting another dog, here are three things you really need to think about before you get that pup. What type of dog are you thinking about? Have you done any sort of research, looked online, compared, anything like that? Well, let's look at your home and lifestyle to help figure out what type of breed would work best for you. Do you like to be really active, go outside, hiking, camping, go to the beach? If so, you have the energy level for the more active dog. But if you're more laid back and you'd rather relax in the recliner and watch Netflix movies after work, then you better look for that dog that will fit a more sedentary lifestyle because just as those are two very different lifestyles, those are two very different dog types. And if you like to relax and you get that jumpy, jumpy dog that's running around and wants to go out, wants to constantly be playing, you're going to be miserable. Number two, do you have allergies and need a dog that doesn't have much dander and doesn't shed? Or do you love that long haired pup that you can groom on a weekly basis? Again, two different dog breeds, 
for two different situations. Three, do you live in an apartment and you need a smaller dog? You know, I know sometimes the situation is where maybe you're needing to foster a dog or you're rescuing a dog and it's, it's a larger dog if you live in a smaller space. But if you can make that choice for now, try to choose a smaller dog, not necessarily a small dog, but just not a dog like a Great Dane or a shepherd or, you know, just a large dog that needs a little more space. Plus, if you're in an apartment, you have to check out where are you going to take your dog to exercise and where are you going to take your dog to go poop because you know those are going to be pretty large. These, you know, sometimes you just don't think about these other things. You just are ready to get a dog and just excited about having a dog in your life. And that's wonderful. But let's make sure it's going to be successful for you and your new dog. Oh, well, there's actually four points. You also need to be prepared before you bring your pup home. Because if you just happen to get the dog before you're ready, then you're thinking, oh my gosh, I need this and I need that. And your stress level kind of increases and your pup feels that. Trust me, they sense your mood very well. So think about getting a crate, your water and food bowl, puppy pads, dog shampoo, the food and treats and toys. That's going to make this transition so successful. You know, there's enough in, in getting, an, especially if you get a puppy, just with the training and the learning to go outside to go potty. And there's so many variables involved that I just want this experience to be as positive as possible. And I think doing some research on the type of dog that will best suit your lifestyle and your situation will make it successful. So there's nothing greater than having a dog as a pet, especially from the emotional standpoint, because they will love you unconditionally. Thank you for listening. Thank you for loving dogs enough to give them a home. And if you have a favorite charity for animals, remember they can always use donations. And if nobody else tells you today, I care about you and you are important in your world. Take care. How are you today? Welcome to the world of Mac and Mercy. Can dogs eat grapes? You think that, hey, grapes are fruit, so they must be okay for dogs to eat. <clears throat> but no, not even raisins, which are simply dried grapes. There is a toxicity in them which can lead to sudden kidney failure. Even with recent research, the exact agent in grapes that causes the toxicity is still unknown. Some dogs tolerate small doses of the fruit without any consequences, while other dogs may develop poisoning just after a few. There's no way to know which dogs are more sensitive, so why take the chance? Knowledge is key to having and keeping your dog healthy. The AKC website has posted signs and symptoms that may occur after a toxic ingestion, and they may not show up until 24 hours after your dog has eaten the grape or raisin. And they are loss of appetite, lethargy, weakness, unusual stillness, 
vomiting and or diarrhea often within a few hours, abdominal pain like tender when touched, dehydrations, signs include panting, dry nose and mouth, pale gums, increased thirst and or urine production or diminished amount of urine or complete cessation altogether, and then kidney failure, which can be fatal. If you think your dog has eaten grapes or raisins, take them to your vet as soon as possible. You see, grapes can sit in your dog's stomach for hours after it's been eaten, so your vet will probably give your dog a shot to make them vomit, or they can be given activated charcoal, which will absorb the toxin and is most effective when given within an hour of exposure. To add to your knowledge base of other common foods that are toxic, they are onions, garlic, alcohol, chocolate, cacao, macadamia nuts, fattening foods, and foods containing the sweetener xylitol. Thank you for listening. Thank you for loving dogs enough to give them a home. And if you have a favorite charity for animals, remember they can always use donations. And if nobody else tells you today, I care about you and you are important in your world. Take care.